Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. After week six, heading into week seven, this is the pump fake Jared Bailey joined by Matt Verderam. It's always good to see you and do stuff with you, my friend. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm here, my friend. I'm here. Um, lots to get into, obviously, you know, being that you're Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, faced off in that much-anticipated rematch. I don't think anybody thought it would live up to what happened this past January. Nonetheless, still a fun game to watch. I think that both teams ex- exemplify that they're the two best teams in football. Um, Buffalo coming out on top, second straight time in the regular season. That happens in Arrowhead. Uh, your thoughts on Kansas City, your thought on Buffalo, um, what's going to come in the future for both teams, and then uh, do we see them again facing off in January? It feels inevitable. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think they're two of the top three teams in the league with Philly. And then I think there's a gigantic step down. Yeah. And then it feels like everybody else. Um, I thought it was a really good game. I, you know, look, I know sometimes, you know, people get into this whole like, well, 24 to 20, the score wasn't that high. But look at all the yards both teams had. Like, if you're those two defenses, you don't care how many yards you give up. Not against those two teams, you don't. <laughs> you just care about how you play situationally. Both teams were good in the red zone. Both created turnover in the red zone. The Bills got the pick at the end of the game to end it. Obviously not in the red zone, but they got a pick. Um, I thought it was really even. Uh, Both teams were 4 of 11 on third down. The Chiefs were 0.1 yards better on yards per play. I mean, it it was about as even as you could get. I thought both teams suffered from the officiating in the game. Uh, There was some weird – I mean, look, Chris Jones clearly tripped Josh Allen. Um, I thought the Kelsey interference call was was – very ticky tack, yeah. Um, you know, and and look, and that happens, right? I mean, th- th- that's the way it goes. Um, although both quarterbacks, Allen was better, but I thought they were both very good. Yeah. Um, I think the game is essentially a prelude for the AFC championship game because I don't see either one of those two teams losing anybody else in the AFC. I just don't. I mean, maybe, maybe you love the, the Chargers. I, I, I can't get past the coaching with the Chargers, I just can't. They're not, they're not beating those two teams in the playoffs. Um, and the Chargers are probably going to have to go into one of those two cities in a playoff game. It's going to be 10 degrees. Have fun. Uh, the Ravens or the Bengals? I, I don't know. The Ravens can't hold a double-digit lead. They can't throw the ball. And I like Burrow a lot, and I love his receivers. I would give them probably the best chance, honestly, of, of, of pulling an upset. But, yeah, I think I – think, look, it was an interesting game in a lot of ways – um, I thought the Bills showed some different looks. They they usually play a lot of zone and four man pressures, and in this game they they would bring three man pressures and they'd spy and they played man, and they had success doing that. And the Chiefs are going to have to adjust that if they play again. On the flip side, I thought the Chiefs actually found something that really worked in the game. That if they see him again, I think they would play them much more this way. Which they blitzed the hell out of Allen, and they were really successful with it. And the only reason that they got beat in a couple of those plays was they had a fourth-round rookie making his first start ever at corner. If Trent McDuffie's there and he looks the way he looked before he got hurt in preseason and early on in that game against Arizona, I think the Chiefs would be much more inclined to just say, fine, we'll, we'll play man over and over and over and just blitz like crazy. Now, look, there's other ways to beat that, too. The Bills would adjust. They're not dumb. They, they could figure out other ways to, to, you know, to get the Chiefs and catch them in some of those blitzes. But – I think really it's going to be a matter of if they see each other again, who who adjusts better? Because I think the teams are so close, I don't think there's that much of a difference. You touched on the fact that it's it's very top heavy this year. I think that we could say 
Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia are good. Everybody else, man, like it's it's a crapshoot at this point. Like the Chargers, like is Brandon Staley like an actual problem with the Chargers right now? Because he oh, like, like what is happening, bro? He's a huge problem. He, in my opinion, is one of the I don't know five worst coaches in football. Yeah, he he's not good. Like I jokingly said to a few people before the Monday night game, I'm like, oh, this is going to be an all time coaching clinic. These two guys, like, this is going to be incredible, and it, it went beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, Hackett is terrified to let Russell Wilson throw past this point. Yeah. Uh, run on first down, run on second down, not with Melvin Gordon, by the way, on either attempt, and then just pray to God on third down that Russell Wilson doesn't kill you. I mean, that's, that's pretty much where you're at with this. The Chargers treat Justin Herbert like he's Andy Dalton. I, I've never seen a team with a quarterback that's incredible, and they're more just mortified to let him throw the ball more than five yards. Like, oh, God, it's third and nine. We better check it down to Eckler and hope he can break four tackles. I mean, that, their entire offense is Austin Eckler on a swing pass. And then just hoping – They did that in overtime, too. I think it was like third and 19, and it was oh, just a yeah. dump off two yards downfield. It's all they do. I understand they don't have the most speed on the outside. I get it. My God, man. Like, throw the ball intermediate routes. Williams is huge. Let him yeah. wall the guy off with his body and catch the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. You know, Keenan Allen will come back here maybe this weekend, maybe maybe in a couple of weeks, whatever it ends up being. But I don't think that changes their main problem. Their main problem is coaching. And I, and by the way, also, like, Staley, people I think sometimes forget this because he's this analytics guru and everybody always associates that with offense. He's a defensive coach. Yes. They are abominable defensively. You brought in J.C. Jackson for $82 million. I'll, hey, I'll throw my hand up. I love that signing. They're not benching J.C. Jackson. We're five. We're what, six games into the year? Yeah. And he's, he's being nailed to the bench? Well, you went out and acquired a guy based off the scheme he played in New England, and now you put him in a completely different scheme and said, I just I don't know why it doesn't work. It, it's, it's like – Plus the ankle surgery, too, before the season. That seems to be right. a bigger factor than originally thought. Yeah. I mean, and Bose is hurt, so now it's easier to deal with Mac. And what else is there defensively for them? Asante Samuel? I mean, I like him, but he's not going to change the way you play offense. Sure. So, yeah, they've got all kinds of problems. Um, look, I look at the AFC specifically, and it's Buffalo, and, and it is Buffalo at the top. They are the best team in the AFC right now. Then it is, to me, like a quarter step, half step down. It's Kansas City. And then it is a gulf the size of Montana. And then it's – I don't even know. Like, who? who's the third team? I, I tried to figure this out on my podcast on Stack the Box on Tuesday. I said maybe it's the Chargers just based off their talent, but the coaching is a joke. Maybe it's Baltimore. Maybe it's Cincy. Maybe you'll love the Dolphins when they're healthy. I, I don't know. But whoever it is, whoever it is would be a significant underdog in a playoff game against Buffalo or Kansas City. Yeah, and I saw you and Perino talking about it, and I think it was either you or him that said Cincinnati probably third just because of their, you know, playoff success last year, and there's a lot of carryover from there. Like, I get that, man, but even then, like, Cincinnati, like, they had trouble against New Orleans with Andy Dalton at the helm. They look – I mean, obviously, the week one game against Pittsburgh where Burrow threw a million interceptions. He's calmed down on that a lot. But they're inconsistent at best. Baltimore – I. I was the first to say, all right, Lamar Jackson has taken a big step forward this year. Passing looks a lot better. Dude, against Cincinnati, he made at least three throws that made bad. Ravens fans just put their hands in their head. Like, I don't know, man. And their defense, they got all their starters back. They draft Kyle Hamilton. Their pass defense still isn't good. I think losing Wink Martindale was a bigger loss than what we would have originally anticipated. Like, 
I don't know. AFC is a big, like we thought that that would be, you know, a gauntlet to run right now. It's very top heavy. It is. There are, are to me, two Super Bowl contenders in the AFC and yeah. they're probably the two best teams in football. Um, but like with Lamar, there's this weird thing with him where nobody can have an honest conversation. It's got to be either that you love Lamar and, and you will, you will defend him until the end of the earth. Right. Or he's terrible and he's not a guy and he can't, he can't play. And why would you sign him and just play Taylor to Tyler Huntley? Like, <laughs> and the, the, the truth is it's in the middle. Yeah. Like he is an exceptional quarterback because of the dual threat that he brings. Mm-hmm. He is not a great thrower of the football. He's not like and, and his arm strength is, is tremendous. He's, he can drive the ball. I'm not talking about that, but in terms of like, the actual passing game that the Ravens possess, it's it's average at best. It's it's just not part of that has nothing to do with Lamar Jackson. Part of that is they have Mark Andrews and a bunch of guys who can't get over. Yeah, he's throwing to you and I on the outside right now. I mean, right. They, they did just bring in you know ninety seven year old Deshaun Jackson, assuming that that'll change something. But I don't I don't but see I that mean, doing look, much. You play you play if you look at his numbers and you take the Miami game out, which was by far his best game, and and he you know that was a game he threw for three eighteen and he. And he had four touchdowns total in the game, ran for 119 yards. Against the Jets, 17 of 30 for 213. Who cares? Like I, and, I, and I'll raise my hand also and say that, you know, I pointed out, okay, the touchdown pass to Duvernay that game was really good. I think he had one to Bateman, but there was no way you than 30 yards again, of Bateman, so you might put an asterisk next to that. If you watch those ga- throws, though, and it, this is one thing I, I drives me nuts with people. I'm not just saying you, but just in sure. general. Yeah. They're wide open. Like, it wasn't like he threw some dime and you're yeah. like, oh, my God. The guy's owned by 20 yards. Like, it's, that has nothing to do with Lamar Jackson. That's a Jets blew a coverage, and the guy's wide open. Right. You know, I can't. I hate that. When people are like, oh, look at this 60-yard touchdown pass by so-and-so. And you're like, well, yeah, I, I'd hope so. He basically could throw it to him like it's a punt. I mean, that's not – I'm not giving him credit for that. It's like this Tua discourse with all – look at like, when they played Baltimore. The and two blown coverages where Tyreek was wide open, yeah. Like, bro, he's wide open. He better be able to get that to him. So, my point is, you look at these games, 17-30 against the Jets for 213. They had three touchdowns, but 17-30 for 213. Sure. New England, 18-29 for 218. They do four touchdown passes, but it's 218 yards on 29 attempts. It's all right. Buffalo, 20-29, buck 44, a touchdown and two picks. No, not nearly good enough. And for all these people, like, well, it's Buffalo. Well, Mahomes just let him up. Like, the, he can't throw free yards. So <laughs> then you've got the the Bengals game, which you mentioned in your right. He, he was not good knacking, 1932 for 174. And then the Giants, 17 to 32 for 210, a touchdown and a pick. And it's one of the worst picture. That ugly, the ugliest pick I've seen him throw maybe ever. That was abysmal. On a broken play, you're leading, and you give them that field position on a third down where you just chuck it up. No, it absolutely cannot happen. No, I mean, it's look like you can't, you can't sit there and just be an unapologetic defender of Lamar Jackson, and not acknowledge that there are some major holes in the in their passing game. But then also on the flip side, you can't be the hater who just doesn't acknowledge the fact that the guy's good for like forty five hundred total yards a year. So, um, it's it's uh, it's. It's just one. Sorry, my wife's texting me about our infant daughter who I guess needs to like come home early from daycare. Um, she's fine. She's just I guess crying. Uh, look, so at some point, 
you need you need to fix that. But th- th- this is to the larger point, though, for me. If you're going to beat the Bills or the Chiefs, like everybody, I think feels that Buffalo is at least the best team in the AFC and probably the best team in the NFL. Kansas City, I won't say should have won that game because that's an overstatement, but absolutely could have won that game. Had like yeah. multiple opportunities to to put the game away in the fourth quarter, and they failed offensively. But like what the Bills did, what Allen did in that game, that's what it takes to beat the Chiefs. How many teams can reach that level? Well, conversely, how many teams can reach the level where Buffalo's on the ropes for 60 minutes? And, and if the Chiefs get one drive going in the fourth quarter, they win the game. Yeah. So that's what the AFC has to measure up against. You, you don't get away with Brendan Staley having eight mental lapses in a game and go, well, we have Justin Herbert. That's nice. He's not as good as the other two quarterbacks we're talking about. Like, and you and I are going to have at some point have a discussion here about Allen and Mahomes. It doesn't have to be this minute, but you, you and I have to talk. But, <laughs> I mean, but it, it is, you know, like Bur- that's the reason I'd say the Bengals, I'd actually give them the best shot because of Burrow, and I think they're they're pretty well coached, and they have the weapons. Like, yeah. They can get into a game where Burrow could throw for 400 yards and score 35 points. I don't think they would. Like, I wouldn't pick them against either the Bills or the Chiefs, but I think those teams are better set up than I think that team's better set up to do it than than the Ravens are. Well, we might as well talk about it now since we're on topic. Yeah, you got like legitimately. You seemed pissed at me. <laughs> I was, no, I honestly, well, I, I enjoy giving you a hard time. I know you do. But no, I look. This is another one of these conversations that nobody can have like a rational human being. The conversation right now that's more interesting to me is not who's the best quarterback in football. It's who's the third best. Because the top two guys are so defined now at this point that look like I, I and and Packers fans can miss me with Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, okay, Aaron. Call me when he does anything in a playoff game in the next decade. And now that they don't have Devontae Adams, he basically looks like Daniel Jones. Okay, so like just spare me. Allen and Mahomes are the best quarterbacks in football by a country mile right now. If I had an MVP vote, Allen would get my vote this year as being the MVP of the league. I think Hertz is deserving of being in that conversation. I think Mahomes is in that conversation. To me, it's those three guys. It's nobody else. Now, I tweeted out before the Bills-Chiefs game, like, I don't get these career comparisons with these two guys. Allen and Mahomes, that is. Because I don't. Career-wise, there is no comparison. Mahomes has had a far better career. Now, Bills fans, understandably, were like, hey, what about the last two years? last two years now now you know plus six games Allen has I, I think going into going into Sunday he had like 300 more total yards factoring in his rushing and he had nine more total touchdowns which is a valid argument my point to that is because I I am of the belief that Mahomes is the is the slightly better quarterback I do think it's slightly at this point my argument is yeah but in both those years he ended Allen's season in the AFC Championship game, he utterly destroyed him. And in the 2021 AFC Divisional game, you couldn't have better quarterback play from both guys. That is not on Allen. That just so happens that Mahomes had an incredible 13 seconds and then won a coin flip. Like, I'm not if, – if Allen wins that coin flip, they win the game. You will get no argument out of me. But the one thing I would say, and this is the, honestly the reason I, I fall in this, this bucket with Mahomes, he is more consistent than Allen. Allen will have games, even last year, a lot of them, where he doesn't play particularly well. Mahomes very rarely has a game where you're like, oh, my God, he went 12 of 30. Like That just doesn't happen. Now, this year, this specific season, 
Allen has outplayed him for the first six games of the year. Now, part of that, I also think, is because Allen has a much better offensive scheme right now around him than, than Mahomes does. But not an excuse. Mahomes had better players his first couple of years than Allen did. Like, you can't, you can't play both sides of that. Chiefs fans love to do that. It's not fair. I think Allen has been better through six games. And I will say, I think they're both on the same tier at this point. I think they are absolutely one and two, one A, one B, however you want to slice it. But this idea, like I saw, uh, God, I cannot remember who it was on Twitter earlier, who a respected media member who was like, week six proves Allen's a better quarterback. And you're like, bro, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's what, first of all, first of all, like it's a it's a week six regular season game. And yeah, that was uh that was Adam Sheehan from CBS Sports. Okay, and I like Adam. I, I I like his takes a lot, but it's like <laughs> because he because he, to, he to, to, to actually pull up the quote. It's crystal clear. Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. The AFC runs through Buffalo. Sunday left no doubt about all of the above. By the way, that's, that's what he does run through Buffalo right now because I think they're gonna have home field advantage. That's fine. Yeah. But by God, like. It's crystal clear that Allen is better than Mahomes. Like, and for those who are like, well, look, he had two turnovers. Allen fumbled the ball in the red zone. Okay. And they lost that turnover. Yes, Mahomes had had two picks. And I'm not like I'm not arguing that Allen did not play him in that game. Allen had a shot to win the game late. Mahomes had a shot to win the game late. Allen, Allen got the job done. But this idea that like week six made it crystal clear. That Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes when their stats are damn near identical this year. That's the same thing. Like, like that, that, that you've now taken a game where, by the way, Mahomes actually even threw for more yardage. Like, you've now equated. No, that's it. That's it. The torch has been passed because of a game that was 50 50 the whole way. Like, what if Mahomes comes out? Like, what if they play each other in the AFC title game? Mahomes wins. And it's really an even game. Like, it's really evenly played, and the Chiefs just win by a field goal. Well, there will be a lot of buildings burnt down in Buffalo because I don't think that city could take another heartbreak against Kansas City at home, nonetheless. Let's just say it's another game where those two teams get together, and it's the same exact game. But at the end of the game this time, the Chiefs hold on fourth down. Like, is Adam Shaheen or anybody else going to come out and be like, that's it? Mahomes is undisputed. They're still the same guy. They're still the same player. Look. To me, I would take Mahomes because I think he's more consistent. And I and I I honestly like I always go by this test. If you said to me, your life depends on it, you get one guy to win one game that's playing right now. I mean, I'm not talking about Joe Montana. You get one guy right now to win a game. The teams are even everywhere else. It's a neutral site. You get to pick one quarterback. Who do you want? With due respect to Josh Allen, it is I, I don't even have to think about who the answer to that question is. And most people who are like Allen or Lamar, bullshit. If you actually had to make that decision, you'd be like, I'll, I'll take 15. I'll take him. <laughs> you would. 100% you would. Anybody who says they weren't is, is an absolute pathological liar. You would take him, maybe Brady, just because of all the success he's had in huge games. Sure. Otherwise, it's the guy off my shoulder. It's him. You would take him. Because of the reason he's over my shoulder, that's why. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I think otherwise it's just it's a, it's a, it's an illogical argument. I think that's all I tried to say to you too. Is like I just think like right now you're like ah bullshit. I was like all right, man, sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just fuck off real quick. Now, listen, 
Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that that quote by the way because you retweeted. It. I retweeted it. Yeah, here, dude. As soon as I saw that, I was like, if I retweet this, Verdran's gonna get so fucking irritated. Because, because you you know, if you sat and somebody said, "Bailey, your life, it's your life." Who you think you'd be like, Mahomes? Give me him. You're an absolute at this very at this very second. Like, I think that there's a valid argument you could say, yeah, Allen, but Mahomes as well. I, I think you could pick either one. That's all I've been saying the past week is that, yeah, you know what? If you say Mahomes, valid enough. He's got the, you know, success to prove it up. He's got a ring. He's got an MVP. All, you know, all of the above. But as of right now, I mean, if you wanted to throw Josh Allen in there and say, yeah, right now he's, he's the better. Right now, argue. Through, through six weeks of this season, Allen has been better. Yeah. I don't think that means he's the better player overall. Like Hertz has been better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Hertz is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Now, yeah. obviously, there's a little bit of a difference. I, I get yeah. it. But I do think, though, the like really Chiefs and Bills fans ought to band together at this point and just be like, look, our teams have been garbage largely for 50 years. And now somehow have stumbled into these two guys. The, the Chiefs only got Mahomes because the Bills traded the pick. Like so, and, and then the Bills with the pick they got got Tre'Davious White. So I mean, those two teams have helped create the uh, the, the enemy that they face now. Yeah. Like, they should band together and all just hate teams like your team who have been good forever. Like that that really is. What oh yeah, be. yeah. Steelers hate fans England, hate Pittsburgh. Like that really, those fan bases should get together and just <laughs> and just go after everybody else is what should happen. Yeah, no, Steelers fans, like, I'm like, I'm not like numb to this, like very spoiled the entirety of my fandom. And it's uncharted territory right now being and, you know, kind of figuring out, OK, is this guy going to be good? Is Kenny Pickett going to be you know, the future of the team or whatnot? Um, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, it's about time that one Buffalo is good because, you know, that that, that franchise suffered long enough. Uh, Kansas City went through a lot of, you know, Matt Castles and you know I think that Tyler Thigpen was starting a few games uh, for them yeah. at one point with with <laughs> with a Todd Haley as head coach. So yeah, no, there's been a lot of uh, a long long awaited success for both those teams. Um, uh, before I let you go, I know you got to dip out of here in a minute. Um, New York football is fun again, which is cool. Um, I don't think that either of us think that you know the Jets or Giants are going to be you know big time playoff contenders, but. There's something to say about New York football. Brian Dable, by the way, I think he'd be my, he'd get my vote for coach of the year. Um, love everything that the Giants are doing. The Jets, you know, I don't think they're as good as the the Giants right now. But both teams uh, finding some success where not a lot of people thought they would. No, it's actually fine. Literally, right before we did this, I wrote a feature about the Jets and the Giants and how football is back in New York. So that'll be up this afternoon. But uh, yeah, I actually went back and looked. So the Jets came into into existence in 1960 as the mm -hmm. Titans originally before they became the Jets in 63. Um, so not including the season, the Jets and the Giants have coexisted for 62 years. The only year that the Jets and the Giants have both at least gotten to the divisional round is 1986. That's like, they, they, they've only been in the playoffs in together in five years. I, it just doesn't happen. Neither one of them made the playoffs the entirety of the 70s. The, the Giants, I think, in the 90s, now they won a Super Bowl in 1990. Other than that, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think they went to the playoffs once. The Jets were brutal as well in the 90s. They went 91, lost in a wild card game. And then, and then they were really, really interesting in 1998. They went to the AFC Championship game with Parcells, and that was it. Um, so it's rare. It's rare that both teams are worth a damn. 
Uh, suddenly they both are. They're interesting. If you go over to 538, they have the Giants is like a 72% chance of making the playoffs. And they have the Jets at like 38, um, which seems right. But no, it, you know what? It's fun when New York football is good and it's exciting. Like, I know, and I know people probably outside New York are like, oh, who cares? Like, oh, you know, like it's a big media market. Okay. And, and it matters more than when LA is good because nobody in LA even cares when their teams are good. Okay. The Chargers, my God, they had like eight fans at Monday Night Football. It's just so embarrassing. There were more empty seats than Chargers fans at that game. Like, New York, it's fun watching games, at least especially being from that area. Like, it's fun in December when the Giants are good and it's cold weather. And, the, you know, it's just – it's there's something about it. Um, I believe that the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I don't, I don't think the Jets will. I think the Giants will. And I think if the Giants get to the playoffs, depending on who they play in the NFC, they could even win a game because they're really well coached. And one thing about the Giants, if you play them, you better be able to beat a blitz because it's coming. I, I was oh, yeah. Rick Martindale brought that from Baltimore. He wasn't going to change who he was just because he changed cities. I think it's a bad job by the Ravens that they lost him. A bad job by them. And by the way, it's no coincidence now. They can't hold on to a lead. Like, they used to be great at that. If they got a lead, they buried you. Why? Because they're unbelievably aggressive defensively and they force mistakes. And that now that's gone. And look look who's really good defensively late in games now. The Giants. Like the Giants are winning games in a large park because Barkley is back and in form. Their line is better. Jones isn't turning the ball over. And that defense is making big plays and big moments. So I'm I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them. Their schedule's not that hard. The Giants no. could absolutely get the 10 wins. Especially if like Minnesota wins the NFC North and the Giants go to Minnesota for a playoff game. Like Minnesota's a team to me. Like I like them. I think on their best day they can I, beat anybody, but they can lose to anybody too. I would pay a significant amount of money to see Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones just going <laughs> for it in a playoff game. I'm I'm here for it in a major way. Um there are gonna be some games because of and we can go full circle, because you have these these three teams, I think everybody thinks significantly better than everybody else. You're going to have some playoff games this year that are just staggering comedy. Like, and it's all just for the right to get blown out in the next round by whoever the hell they face. Like, you know, in the AFC, I think the Bills are going to be the one seed. So you're, you're going to probably have a two-seeded Chiefs team that's going to just draw some absolute dreck in the AFC. It's going to be like, here comes Bailey Zappi to Arrowhead. It's just a, just a murder scene. Like, 38-3. to three. Like just, I mean, yeah, like one of those types of games, and then you're gonna get, you're gonna get like the AFC South team that hobbles into Buffalo for the divisional game and just gets get Matt Ryan coming coming oh, into Orchard Park oh, pulled behind the curtain for sixty minutes. I, you know, you're gonna have some team in the NFC where like it's like the seven seeded Cardinals, Ugh. you know, and it's like here they come and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna play. What well, hell? I don't know who the hell's a two seed in the NFC. I, you know, but. In fact, that's actually that's going to be a Hunger Games episode. Can I see the wild card round? So, yeah, interesting stuff. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. I know you got to get out of here. I appreciate you as always. We'll do this again soon. I'm looking forward to reading the the New York piece and uh, the quarterback rankings, all that stuff. The quarterback rankings are already out, aren't they? They're out. They're out this all morning. Right. Picks are out tomorrow. Power rankings out yesterday. Uh, and then, yeah, the uh, New York New York uh, feature. Yeah, uh, about an hour. I'll dig into to all of that and uh, look forward to engaging in more civil discourse with you on Twitter. Oh, it's fine. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> That's Matt Ram, a fan-sided. Hey, look, man. 
that is a great point because the fact that there aren't many good teams, and we just touched on it a lot. There's three. You got Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia. I don't, Matt touched on this actually too. Like, let's look at the NFC standings right now because there's a lot of teams that are two and four, three and three. Some of one of these two and four teams is going to make the playoffs. So let's look right now. NFC, Philadelphia, one, Minnesota, two, Tampa Bay, three, the 49ers at three and three are the four seed because the NFC West is just bad this year. And then the Giants are the current five seed. Let me see if I can pull up the rest of that. Giants are the current five seed in the NFC. And then after the Giants, it would be some sort of tie between the Rams, who were three and three, the Seahawks, who were three and three, the Packers, who were three and three, the Falcons, who were three and three. And then you got two and four teams like maybe New Orleans, maybe Arizona. Seattle's in there because they're three and three as well. The Bears aren't going to do anything. I don't think Atlanta's holding on to that whatsoever. He's got a lot of bad football teams. So there is a real situation where, you know, you have like the Seattle Seahawks as the seventh seed. You got Geno marching into Minnesota on wild on wildcard Sunday or wildcard Saturday, whatever it ends up being. Or you'll have, you know, Andy Dalton, <laughs> if Jameis doesn't get out of the Marcus Mariota, if Atlanta keeps surprising everybody. Like, it is a very top-heavy conference. Now, in the AFC, like, there's more There's more good teams in the AFC. But even then, the Bills are, are the one seed. Chiefs are the two. The Titans are the current three because uh, they're on a bye. Baltimore is the four. Even then, Cincinnati's three and three. The Chargers are four and two. Miami, New York Jets, Patriots, the Colts, Jacksonville, even like the Jaguars. The Jaguars are interesting because I think that they're well coached. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's got to find some sort of consistency because, you know, he'll have weeks against Los Angeles where he throws four touchdowns and looks like, you know, the Kingslayer. And then he'll have games against, uh, Houston and Philadelphia, where they'll start off quick like they did, did against Philadelphia, and then he'll just come back down to earth. Or against Houston, where they just blitz him. Like, they just get to him. He makes bad decisions, especially throwing a horrible pick to Derek Stingley in the red zone. Like, they are just... Oh, Second-year guy in a new system. I get it. But at some point, you know, Jacksonville's still very much in this. Like, if I had to say in each conference... Teams that I don't think that I would write off. Houston. I think the Raiders are dead in the water. I just don't think they're well coached. I don't think the Patriots are going to make any sort of noise. I really don't think Miami's going to either. I mean, I've kind of said that since the offseason, but you know, they've dropped their last three. And I get that, you know, they've dealt with backup quarterback situations with two of stuff. He'll likely be back this Sunday night against Pittsburgh. But there's not many teams I would write off. I think Houston might be the only one. If you want to throw the Steelers in there too, that's fine. Just because, one, their next 
Well, their last two weeks have been brutal. They're lucky to have split those. They're two and four. They've got Miami and Philadelphia on the dock. Now, I do think that they can beat Miami. I think they will beat Miami. So I can get them to three and four. But do I think they're going to run this table and go three and one against Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, and Philadelphia? No. So I think at best they're going to be three and five through eight weeks. And they still got to play Baltimore twice. Still got to play Cincinnati again. Still got to play Cleveland again, which I mean, Cleveland, they'll have Deshaun Watson by the time they play them again. And I think they play Cleveland the final week of the season. So there could be possible playoff implications with, with that game as well. Plus they play the Raiders at home on the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. I don't think they're losing that game. They play New Orleans. I think they can beat New Orleans. Like I think Pittsburgh will be like an between a seven at worst, like six wins where they just crap the bed and they're bad at best. They're a nine win team that figures their stuff out. Kenny Pickett turns out to be, you know, a really solid pick and he leads them to some wins that they probably shouldn't get. But no, this is a team that has a lot of questions. TJ Watt, hopefully coming back as soon as possible. They were missing a lot of guys this past week especially in the secondary. Like, no T.J. Watt, obviously. They didn't have Minka Fitzpatrick. They didn't have Cam Sutton. They relied on a lot of backups, and they got the job done against Tampa Bay. Now, do I think that that's going to be sustainable for the entire year? No. I think they caught a team that whose offense has been quietly very bad, and it's been covered up because they've been winning. And, you know, they came prepared. They're well-coached, and they beat Tom Brady, which is great. And I think that they'll beat Miami this week because Mike Tomlin's a great coach. He's had really good success against Miami in his career. He's five and two against the Dolphins. The Steelers are really good in prime time. And I think that they'll come away with a win against Miami. That's just what it is for me. But there are a lot of teams like this thing is still very wide open. There aren't very many teams that I would look at and say, yeah, they're done. Like in the AFC, it's Houston. Houston and Las Vegas. I just think the Raiders are really poorly coached. They can't hold on to leads or they can't come back. Uh, they can't win close games. I, I just don't see anything with Vegas. I think they're dead in the water, especially in that division where Kansas City is going to run away with it. Plus, you got a lot of other a lot of other teams that are three and three, two and four. They're one and four right now. I don't see it with with the Raiders who are one and four. Texans are one, three and one. Even then, like. Indianapolis, like, yeah, they just won a shootout against Jacksonville. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan has three games of 350 plus yards this season. That is insanity. <laughs> 97-year-old Matt Ryan just slinging it. And he doesn't have a lot. Of, I mean, Alec Pierce, I mean, good, good on him. I know my buddy Jordan Schultz really liked him coming into the year and was taking a victory lap on Alec Pierce. Apologies if you hear all these damn trucks. I live next to a major highway. <laughs> So, look, I don't know. Indianapolis has got a good defense. Offensively, like, it's Jonathan Taylor or Buss, seemingly. I know they didn't have Taylor against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville's got its own problems to figure out right now. Then in the NFC, like, in terms of teams that I'm writing off, you could probably write off the Commanders, which, again, second straight year I've taken a swing on the Commanders, and I've missed. So I think I'm done doing that. They're starting Taylor Heineke this week against Green Bay. <laughs> that isn't going to go well. So the commanders, you could probably write them off. I'm writing off Arizona. And I think that when you look at their ownership, I think they're largely regretting giving Cliff Kingsbury a big extension. I think they're regretting giving Kyler Murray a big extension. 
No, look, you got an ultra talented guy like that who apparently is a headache to deal with. And as talented as he is, the team's two and four. And by the way, they're if they didn't play the Raiders, they were down twenty to nothing, and they would they would be one and five right now. Uh, it's a coming back from twenty and winning in overtime to beat the Raiders. So they could be very well be one and five right now. The Lions, like, yeah, they were every they were America's team coming into the season just because they were really fun to watch on hard knocks. Everybody loves Dan Campbell and Jamal Williams. They won one game against the Commanders. Lost against Minnesota because those two teams can't ever play a normal game. Even week one, like they were, the final result was close, but they were getting beat badly by the Eagles. I don't know. Detroit just looks like, I think people thought they were going to be better. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I thought that they would be more competitive and we're like around a six, seven win team, but they're not good. The bears are really bad. Like the bears have benefited from, you know, playing in a monsoon against the 49ers against a quarterback who was making, you know, his first start as like the guy of the franchise. And they played in a water park and they won. Like, is Justin Fields good? Because right now, like, we can blame Matt Eberflus. We can blame Luke Getze. Like, Justin Fields doesn't look good. Oh, look. Five guys were taken in the first round last year. And it's, statistically speaking, at least one of them is going to be bad. Right now, you know, the cream of that crop. You know, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's gaining his feet. Zach Wilson still hasn't unhinged his full potential. They're kind of, you know, trying to work him back into a system that works. But they're four and two with Zach Wilson are the Jets. Trey Lance, we'll find out. We're still going to have to wait another year to see what the 49ers do with him because of his injury, unfortunately. Mac Jones helped lead the Patriots to the playoffs last year. But as soon as they played a really good team and circumstances that didn't involve playing in a wind tunnel, the Patriots got dominated. And then you got Justin Fields, who... Yeah, he was a fun pick. But do we do we really know? Because I like I want Justin Fields to be good. I'm not rooting against Justin Fields, but from what I've seen, there's nothing there so far that says yeah he'll be good. He's uber athletic. He make plays with his legs. Which, by the way, has become their offense. Is just all right. We're going to run the ball either with David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, or Justin Fields. Ready, break. Now, again, he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to, outside of Darnell Mooney. <laughs> He's got Dante Pettis, Cole Komet, who's been non-existent this season. So, I mean, it's not all on Justin Fields, but it doesn't look good right now. So, I'm writing off the Bears. The 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 point of that is all to say I'm I'm counting out the Bears. Man, Arizona, I don't think they're going to be anything. The Rams are this close to making me think that they're not going to be anything, but they're too well coached. Like Sean McVay is too good of a coach. He's only been there since 2017, but he's never finished under 500. I don't think like Falcons are three and three. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I think the Saints are bad. The Panthers are really bad. I think the Panthers might be the worst team in football. Like say what you want about Houston, but they fight and they're not getting blown out. Like they tied the Colts. They kept it within a touchdown against the Broncos. 
beat Jacksonville, only lost by a field goal to the Bears. Panthers, they fired their coach already. They're in you know the interim coach status right now with Steve Wilkes. Their quarterback's bad, all of them, by the way. I mean, Baker dealing with an injury. Sam Darnold, whenever he comes back from injury, they're starting P.J. Walker. Like All of their quarterbacks are bad. Seems to be a fire sale of sorts where they're fielding calls for Christian McCaffrey just trying to get as much draft capital as they can for this inevitable rebuild. We'll see if they keep Ryan Burns. We'll see if they keep Derek Brown. We'll see you know, what happens with all that. They'll hold on to guys like J.C. Horn because you know they just drafted him and he looks like he's going to be really good. But they need to get as much draft capital as they possibly can. We'll see if they trade DJ Moore too, because they just don't use him for whatever reason. Like whatever quarterback they put in, they just can't figure out how to get DJ Moore the ball. So we'll see if he gets moved to a team like Green Bay, who desperately needs receiver help. But there are very many teams that are being counted out right now. You can maybe maximum you say five. There's 27 other teams that could be in the playoffs right now, which is absurd. Absolutely absurd. To go into the seventh week of the season and say, yeah, I mean, 27 teams still kind of got a chance. <laughs> now, those mean that there's 27 Super Bowl contenders, but there's 27 teams that could be in the playoffs and play for the right to get absolutely humiliated against Philadelphia or get absolutely just blitzed and destroyed by the Bills or Chiefs. Now, do I think the Eagles are going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? That I don't know. Because to me, the Eagles feel very similar to the 2019 Ravens, where they just run through everybody in the regular season. And then they just get caught off guard in the divisional round. And they just get manhandled by a team. Like, if they played Minnesota in the divisional round, I think the Vikings would beat them. If they played at their best. Now, I understand that Philadelphia already handled Minnesota this year, but we've seen plenty of times where you know, rematches for games are much more, you know, close and competitive and whatnot. But if they played a team like Minnesota, if they played Tampa Bay again, like I think it would be much more competitive than the playoff game last year, but I think the Bucs would probably beat them. If they had to play Green Bay, I think it would be very close. Like I'm not going to just give the NFC to the Eagles right now. I'm very impressed by what they're doing. Jalen Hurts has been very good. Obviously, you know, Smith, Brown, Miles Sanders, like they have talent all over the field on both sides of the ball. But I'm not going to just give them the NFC quite yet. Just because, I mean, Brady's still there. You know, Minnesota's still a team I like a lot. Their only loss is at the hands of Philadelphia on Monday night. So we'll see. But Philadelphia, absolutely, you know, the top dog in the NFC for obvious reasons. They're undefeated. And they should be the favorite. But my goodness gracious, it has been. The fact that there are so many teams that could still viably make the playoffs, something that we're not used to seeing at this point in the season. You know, once you get like a month into things, you can start writing off teams, which I mean, with Carolina and Houston, you, you, you could. But just about everywhere else, and look, you can still, you can still say that, you know, these other teams, like if, if you wanted to make a case for the Atlanta Falcons just because they're playing well and Arthur Smith seems to be, you know, a solid higher than fine. That's fine. But I personally am not doing that. But that's just me. That's just me. In terms of what I prefer. As you hear giant trucks driving past my house. 
All right. So before we get out of here, we'll do what we do every week. Let's go through these power rankings, top 10 teams, in my opinion. I'm moving Tampa Bay down to 10. They were nine last week. I mean, hey, like I picked Pittsburgh to win coming into this. I bet on Pittsburgh to win, and they made me money. So they moved down a spot. They need to figure it out offensively. Their defense is good. Their offense is bad. It doesn't help when Tom Brady goes to weddings in the middle of the week. But that's neither here nor there. Tampa Bay still 10 just because they got Brady. They got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. They need to figure it out offensively. The Bengals make their way back into the top 10. They were out of it last week. They beat New Orleans. They're still not winning as convincingly as they should. Like with that talent on offense, defense is still very talented. Figure it out. It's almost mid-season. You need to figure stuff out. They're three and three. The NFC, the AFC North is still very wide open. The Bengals need to figure They can take advantage of this right now. Baltimore, by no means, is unbeatable. Three teams have proven that. The Bengals themselves have also proven that. I mean, they, should, they could have won that game if they could have just ran the clock down further. So the Bengals, this is still like I still think they're the best team in that division. They need to they need to get their stuff together. Uh, the New York Giants, I put them in. They're new, five and one. Just beat Baltimore. Brian Dable, Wink Martindale, tip of the cap to them. Tip of the cap to that entire organization for finally being able to find a guy who can change the culture and figure out what works. Lean into what his players do best. Saquon Barkley has had a career resurrection. Daniel Jones is playing well. The defense looks fantastic. Kudos to the New York Giants, the number eight. 49ers moved down two spots from five to seven. Yeah, they're another team that's just violently inconsistent in large part because of their offense. Their defense is very good. Jimmy Garoppolo played well. Like the stats won't say that, but if you go back and watch that game, he made a lot of throws that should have been caught. Ray Ray McLeod dropped a deep ball. They just can't figure it out offensively either. They can't put up points. 14 points against the Atlanta Falcons. That's not going to cut it. Defensively, they're great. They're good. By the way, that's a theme of a lot of good teams right now. Defensively, they're good. They can't score. Which is why Green Bay isn't even in my top 10 anymore. Because their defense is good, they can't score. Baltimore moves down two spots to number two. Yeah, you keep blowing big leads in the fourth quarter. It's the first time they've done it. First time they've done it. They did it against Miami. They did it to Buffalo. They just did it to the Giants. They're three and they're three and three. Figure stuff out. It should not be not be this hard. Um, Los Angeles Chargers move up one spot. I don't know if they're any good. But the record says they are. Their defense is not great. Like I know that that's going to get covered up because they only allowed 16 points to the Broncos, but the Broncos can't score on anybody either. Justin Herbert looks like he wants out of Los Angeles. Can't blame him there. Brandon Staley's not a good coach. Joe Lombardi's not a good offensive coordinator. They're being saved by Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert. I don't know. They're four and two. They've got talent. Their head coach and offensive coordinator are single-handedly killing them. But hey, four and two in that division. Kudos to. Do I think they're going to be a playoff team? It'd be hard for us to make the case for it right now. Outside of the fact that they have a really good quarterback, their coaching's bad. But at this point, we don't know. I put in the Vikings at number four. Again, they're five and one. Their one loss came to Philadelphia, who's one of the best teams in the league. We'll get to them in a minute. We have three spots. They're the biggest movers on this list this week. Kirk Cousins, they just played a depleted Dolphins team with Skylar Thompson and then turned to Teddy Bridgewater. God only knows what their quarterback situation is going to be every week. Dalvin Cook, big run. Justin Jefferson looks really good. Adam Thielen looks really good. Like They're clicking on all cylinders right now. Defensively, they look much improved from last year. So, yeah, I like Minnesota. I think they'll win a playoff game this year. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they are, are like a dark horse to be in the NFC Championship game. I don't think they'd win it, 
but I think that they could be there. Vikings are number four. Philadelphia, number three. I get it. They're undefeated. I would still take Buffalo and Kansas City ahead of them. Jalen Hurts. Kudos to him. Tip of the cap. I didn't think he would take a step forward. He has. Defensively, that secondary is so damn good. And all of, the, all of them came to play. Garner Johnson had two interceptions. Harry Slay, James Bradbury just tormented Cooper Rush all night. Tip of the cap to, to, to Philadelphia. 6-0. Best team in the NFC. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm moving them down. Because if Philadelphia and Kansas City played today, I'd pick the Chiefs to win. And a lot of that has to do with 15. Because he's fantastic. Travis Kelsey, also fantastic. But... Kansas City's defense not getting enough credit. Like Nick Bolton, will do when he's been when he's been healthy. We got Karloftis, George Karloftis, the guy that drafted from Purdue coming off the edge. Chris Jones is still very good, and Trent McDuffie gets back. Like they've got guys on that side of the ball, and they get that gets overshadowed because of Mahomes and Kelsey. But the Chiefs' defense is just as important as in, in terms of their success right now. And then Buffalo, number one, yeah, the best team in football. Josh Allen right now to me is the best quarterback in football. Stacked all over the field. Stephon Diggs might be the best receiver in football right now. Offensive line is playing well. Dawson Knox, like a really underrated tight end. And look, they're doing all this without Tredavious White, who could come back this week. And look, they don't need to rush him back whatsoever. Not at all. Those are playing fine without him. Kyrie Elam has taken a step forward. Damar Hamlin has played really well um, when Jordan Poyer has gone out Micah Hyde gone for the year obviously so they've expected more out of DeMar Hamlin Milano and Edmonds are playing well like they're clicking on all cylinders oh and by the way yeah Von Miller he's pretty good too so Buffalo the best overall team in football right now they're beating everybody and I don't care who they play tomorrow I pick them to win so brief overview of my top 10 10 through 6, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, New York Giants, San Francisco, Baltimore, 5 through 1, Chargers, Vikings, Eagles, Chiefs, Bills. And that is the top 10. Newsletter coming out later today. So subscribe to that in my Twitter bio at NFL. That'll be coming out. Uh, Justin Fields film session for USA Today later this week. More stuff for San Francisco, Sports Illustrated. So yeah, a lot of stuff coming from me. Appreciate everybody as always for listening. Follow me on Twitter at JBaileyNFL for all the updates on stuff um, and when it comes out. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate Matt Verderan for joining me as always. This is the Pump Fake. We'll be back next week to discuss everything going on around the NFL week seven. Oh, best bets also later this week. Probably do a quick stream for that as we do every week. So best bets. Um, for week seven as the season continues to just speed by so tune in for that i'll tweet out all the details and whatnot appreciate everybody for tuning in to the pump pick thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube